Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C. Season your dimly lit room deep up in the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today, midweek, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Co-general managers today, Jack. First of all, the great, the mighty Aaron Judge, who hit the 62nd, his 62nd home run of the year. Breaking the time-honored Roger Maris mark, ignoring the steroid-honored, never mind, 80s, 90s mark. Uh, and the other uh, general manager, Elon Musk, failed diplomat. <laughs> There's still still an asterisk next to Aaron Judge, though, because uh, it ha- needs to say at the bottom of the page, giant. It should yeah. be against the rules to play as a giant. Yeah, if a man is a behemoth, it should be noted in the record books. <laughs> yes. Stands 14 feet tall in his socks. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the program. Much to talk about today. Uh, big finish here, Michael. Come on, crank her up. There you go. I'll tell you the biggest thing that's happening today, assuming that Putin doesn't nuke the world or Kim Jong-un doesn't nuke the world, because those would both be very big stories. Putting the nuclear holocaust aside, how about freaking little fathead Kim firing his the longest missile he's ever fired Right over Japan. Is that just plain and simple? Uh, hey, I got nukes too. How come nobody's scared of me right now? Is that all that is? 
That's part of it, and it's just the whole thing. Uh, I'm dangerous and scary now. Give me stuff. Okay, now I'm friendly and cooperative. Give me more stuff. Uh Uh-oh, look, now I'm scary again. Give me more stuff. Or give me concessions or whatever. Thing traveled 2,800 miles, 17 times the speed of sound. That's a pretty advanced missile. Yeah, not good. And he's been in contact with Russia, so they could be working together to try to cause problems for the world on dual front. I don't know. I hope not. But anyway... Um, the other story that I think, uh, aside from nuclear holocaust, is OPEC is meeting as we speak and is expected to announce major production cuts to oil. I mean, you talk about an October surprise heading into an election. That's an October surprise. Wow. Wow. What's it? How expensive is gas going to be in your your expensive states? Well, uh, the White House seems to think it's going to be pretty bad because the draft talking points got out yesterday somehow the white house draft talking points that they sent to the treasury department were obtained by cnn and had phrases such as total disaster well <laughs> in terms of what they think this is going to do to gas prices and their uh and the election and also warned that it could be taken as a hostile act from opec wow our good friends the saudis and company yeah. Uh, It's important everyone is aware of just how high the stakes are, said a U.S. official in what was framed as a broad administration effort that is expected to continue into the lead up to the meeting today. So there's a huge White House push over the last several days when they got word of this to don't do that. Don't do it. Don't. Um, The White House is having a spasm and panicking, another U.S. official told CNN. You hate to have a panic spasm so close to the election, especially. Describing the latest administration effort as taking the gloves off with OPEC. I don't know what that means exactly. I don't know what they threatened or did. Well, OPEC, Jack, is an organization of oil-producing nations on whom we are highly dependent now for our oil because of the Biden administration's policies. If we were cranking out oil like we had been under the Trump administration, we wouldn't be so dependent on and begging for favors from Algeria, Angola, Congo, Ecuador, Equatorial Guinea, Gabon, Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, Libya, Nigeria, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, and Venezuela. That is the gang of ne'er-do-wells that we've got to either kiss their ass or now, I guess, uh, the Biden administration is talking about maybe throwing a punch or two. But could there be a more hostile group of nations? Come on. So they want to raise oil prices, I guess, just because you make more money if the price of oil is higher. It's that simple, right? Uh or is there any chance they're uh, wanting to have Republicans in charge? Would that be of any benefit to them? I wouldn't think I, you so. Know, the Re- Republicans it, tend to be more toward what you were just talking about, being energy independent as a country and, you know, do whatever you want with your oil under your sand and your camels and your don't let women drive. Go ahead. Knock yourselves out. Um, so with I your bone think- saws and your dissidents. <laughs> Never forget. With your bone saws. <laughs> um, so I wouldn't think that this would be a, a, um, an on-purpose meddling in our elections to raise oil prices. No, if it is, I'm completely unfamiliar with the reasoning. Yeah, but anyway, that is uh, that is a big deal. 
because uh, gas, according to some of the experts I saw on TV yesterday and, you know, for whatever they're worth, uh, we could easily surpass the record of a couple of months ago fairly quickly. And if that happens, like, exactly two weeks before the election, of course, the election is ongoing, as you keep pointing out, and everybody mm-hmm. needs to remember, including myself, there's no such thing as an election day. An October surprise doesn't really make sense in the same way that it used to because uh, people are voting spread out all over a long period of time. Which seems crazy, uh, but, you know, that's a topic for another moment. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't like that trend at all. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't care who you are. Gas is already, in parts of California, around $7 a gallon. Yep. And if it were to go substantially higher, I don't care who you are. You're going to change your lifestyle. Oh, yeah. I mean, even even if you're like a rich guy, I would just resent it. I don't I don't want to spend that much on gasoline. Not them staying home. That's interesting. Yeah. So if you're in the you can afford it, but you'd rather not category of gas prices. Yeah, it it, it, it does make you resentful. Um, but then also, there's the, the working class folks who are barely getting by. They got to get themselves to work. That's a serious crisis for a lot of people. Also, with inflation as out of control as it is, everything you buy got there on a truck of some sort. You know, gas prices make everything more expensive mm-hmm. when they go up. So that that ain't going to help with the whole inflation dealio. Yeah, it could be really no wonder there's that memo circulating in which the White House used the phrase total disaster. It could oh. actually be a total disaster for them electorally. Wow. Wow. Yeah, no kidding. And, and and you know, not so good for the country either. I mean, it's no. not like the Republicans will get in, in in you know get control of the House of Representatives and pass the gas should be less expensive law, and all of a sudden it is. I mean, they're going to face many of the same headwinds, and without the help of the administration, they can't do much about American oil production. Uh, so you know, we got to wait till twenty twenty four for that at least. What's OPEC stand for? The uh, Open Panda. Uh, eating council oil they, producing they eat pandas uh, without hiding it is it oil producing in exporting countries eh, something like that something like that. it doesn't matter it's, whatever. it's a bunch of despots with oil yeah. yeah but let's turn from men's failures to men's accomplishments huh over overproductive uclair custard that's what it is what um, well, let's start the show officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this Wednesday, October 5th, the year 2022, we are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this here program. Let's leap into action then officially according to FCC rules and regulations. Here comes the show at Mark. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. This is Judgment Day. Case closed. No. <laughs> All right. You see, his last name is Judge, so a play oh. on that would be appropriate for a final oh, for the sweet. home run. <laughs> and uh, I, I saw an interview and read a little bit about him, and he seems like one of those uh, actually uh, nice dudes, and he married his girlfriend from high school or college or whatever, and... Uh, that's just a nice story. Seems like a decent dude. And he had the opportunity to sign a bajillion dollar contract to start the year, but decided to risk it and 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 see how the year went and be oh. out there in the market. 
Oh, boy. And, yeah, and had one of the great years in the history of uh, offensive production. Yeah. So wow. he is going to be one expensive player. Well, yeah, you're just going to have to say, look, you're a third owner of the team. You own a third of the team. Come play baseball here. I mean, how much will he command on the free market? Not that this matters to anyone but me and maybe you. Um, I'm, I'm sure he knows us. He grew up in the Stockton area. It would seem his family values are the sort that his family probably listened to our show or watched us on TV back in that day. He's got to know us. So that's our in. If we ever get a chance to meet our Our in for what exactly? I don't know. Get to sit in dugout or something. I really, I like watching you hit... Because you hit a lot of home runs. Remember me from when you were were a little kid? I was on the radio. Do you remember that? (laughs) I used to play baseball, too, in high school. (laughs) It's it's funny how um, I think... Have you heard anybody who doesn't go with the, this is the real home run record? Have you heard any pushback on that? I haven't heard of one person. Not a bit. But nobody knows what quite what to do with it. Right. You know, asterisks next to Mark Mac McGuire and Sammy Soser and, uh, and uh, Barry Bonds, the king of all roid heroes. Not to get too sportsy because not everybody's into sports, but it's amazing. One, one interesting thing about baseball is how, well, like, look at the NFL or the NBA. The games have changed so much. Like, you know, the number of yards Bart Starr threw for in 1970, you wouldn't even be able to be on a team with that anymore. But for baseball, a record from that era stood until last night because they've managed to keep the whole pitcher versus hitter, uh, you know, who's got the upper hand more or less even, I guess, all those years. Yeah, yeah, occasionally a dead ball or a live ball. And they lowered the the height of the mound by six inches in, what, the 60s or something like that? It's the early 70s. Uh, Other than that, though, it's been pretty stable. Yeah, you don't have records like that in the other sports, really, because um, the game is so different. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, he's a behemoth, and that, again, I'm not sure that's fair. He's eight feet tall, 500 pounds. Well, other teams got to hire behemoths or, or breed them in secret laboratories. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how does mailbag look? Oh, it's good. It's, it's fine. Uh, some good points made by the peeps. Sometimes we don't cover a story, and I really regret it because it blows up, and then it looks like we're, uh, I don't know, coming in on the on the hind end. We should have gotten to the Herschel Walker story yesterday, who's running for the Senate down in Georgia. His his son came out making some pretty strong statements against old dad, and his son is a conservative activist, not a, not a, a liberal trying to bring down dad, but a conservative trying to bring down dad. Can we please get a decent Senate candidate in Georgia? Please. Yeah, no kidding. Jay. Should be an easy state for the R's to win, and they just, uh, it's not going well. So we'll get into that story a little bit. It's its something, and it matters a lot for who's going to control the Senate. All that's on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. OPEC is the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries. Thank you, Alex. It's not oiled penguins eating corn like I had suspected. (laughs) You don't oil your penguin, it rusts. 
Oh, man, we don't have a lot of time, do we? How about let's just jump, jump right into action. We've got some great stuff for you this hour, uh, some fabulous insights from real thinkers and the news of the day, etc. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. It's from Penn Jillette. Huh. Magician, thinker. He's the one that talks. He is. And he's talking right now through me. It's amazing to me how many people think that voting to have the government give poor people money is compassion. Helping poor and suffering people yourself is compassion. Voting for our government to use guns to give money to help poor and suffering people is immoral, self-righteous, bullying laziness. Wow. How did he come to that point of view as a show? He must must not be that much fun to be in the show business world as him. Because <laughs> that's a way different view than everybody he runs into. Yeah, absolutely. I And it's a view similar to my own. Um, sure. The idea that we need to, as Christians, we need the government to collect uh, collect people's uh, income at gunpoint because try defying the IRS and see if men's men with guns don't come to your home. So you collect it at gunpoint and then hand it out to whoever you see fit. That's, please, no. Christianity calls for you to be generous, not for you to hire the government to go around with guns and take people's money so you can be immoral, self-righteous, bullying, and lazy. Well, Thank and often it's not even as benevolent as you described it. It's got more to do with which particular group might vote uh, most in the next election. Oh, yeah. I was I was trying to be charitable myself in my speech. Uh, mailbag. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, first of all, received a lovely note, Jack, uh, from Aileen Anonymous, who signs her email but asked to be anonymous. Uh, her husband passed away unexpectedly last week. Um, and uh, the two of them have been fans for over 20 years, would often laugh about the show and compare notes and that sort of thing, and she wanted to drop us a note and mm. say how much the show meant to her late husband. So that's very sweet of you, Aileen, to take a moment to do that in what's got to be the toughest time of your life. So thank you for the note. It's beautiful. And we're sorry for your loss. Uh, moving along, a uh, number of interesting emails about the One More Thing podcast we did yesterday in which somehow or other we ended up talking about meat production and where you get your meat and hog farms and the rest of it and independent farmers and blah, blah, blah. Um, and uh, got this nice note from Zach uh, who, who, who thought it was a good conversation. He said, find an independent butcher shop in your area. Go talk to them. They know which farmers are raising cattle in your area that you can buy directly from them. And he said it's much less expensive and it's really good. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. Here's a note from uh, Barry in Thailand. Raise a steer in your garage. It's an option. Uh, let's see. Barry from Thailand writes, I'm puzzled how nobody in the White House is calling these recent price increases Putin's price hikes like before. All right. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. You can still make the case it's destabilizing markets, but they've decided not to go with that. It's as if their spin is not sincere. Uh, Stephen Eugene, Oregon, writes, uh, I think I have an explanation of Trump and what he's doing, or multiple explanations. First is that Donald Trump is all about Donald Trump. He loves the chaos and the attention he gets. His support is largely from people disgusted with the D.C. sewer in our political system, so they're, over, they're willing to overlook Trump's many faults, and they like that he's poking a finger in the eye of the D.C. power structure, obviously. Uh, GOP is not sure what to do with them, but the Democrats and their media allies need Trump. He's a focal point and a distraction. Focus their angst on a guy like Trump so we don't have to talk about oil prices, etc. One of the Senate races with a scandal that broke yesterday. We can tell you about that, among other things. If you miss an hour, get the podcast. Armstrong. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Apparently in a private conversation, President Biden told the Reverend Al Sharpton that he's going to run again in 2024. <laughs> Meanwhile, today, Kamala Harris is like, uh, Joe, anything you'd like to privately tell me? I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, that information wasn't supposed to get out. Then Sharpton was like, he also told me that his AOL password is GrapeNuts46. <laughs> Exclamation point. I don't know why I find that so funny. Great wow. nuts, forty-six. Serial-related <laughs> ageism. Uh, it is. It is. 
So I don't know if you follow the whole politics thing, but we have a 50-50 U.S. Senate, which is a pretty big deal because uh, if you control the Senate, ain't nothing you don't like going to happen. True indeed. And uh, the Republicans would control the Senate if uh, they had won even one of the Georgia Senate races in a state pretty friendly to Republicans winning those races. But Trump got involved and told people not to vote and all kinds of different things. For Well, then they keep trying crappy candidates, which as a strategy is odd. Uh, are you calling Herschel Walker a crappy candidate? That's a current Republican running in Georgia. He was a giant football star down there, Heisman Trophy winner, and then a big NFL star. And uh, and uh, he's a, he is, I would say, he is a very flawed candidate. He's a troubled candidate. So one of the scandals that came out over the last two days is a he said, she said, and I don't have any idea what's going on there. So he is a hardcore anti-abortion to the point that he doesn't believe abortion should be legal with any exceptions whatsoever, which is an extreme position even among uh, people on the right, according to all polling. Um, that's not the position of very many people. I think it's 8% of people fall into that category. But um, uh, a, a, a woman came forward and said that he paid for her abortion back in 2009. He says, no, I didn't. She says, yes, he did. I don't know. Until somebody comes up with any proof, who knows? But this is definitely real. His son uh, launched a uh, an attack on dad. And his son is a um, flamboyant gay conservative man who uh, regularly wears Cartier and Gucci plucks his eyebrows, is a two-time world champion competitive cheerleader. He got the athletic genes from his dad and decided mm. to put it into the world of cheerleading. Uh, but he's also, a, 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 I guess, a conservative presence in online media. And this yeah, I've is, been trying to get a hold of exactly what he is. He calls himself a free speech radicalist, and he seems to be uh, not down with the whole rainbow pride flag thing for some mm. reason. Well, this is some of what he said about his dad yesterday. I stayed silent as the atrocities committed against my mom were downplayed. I stayed silent when it came out that my father, Herschel Walker, had all these random kids across the country, none of whom he raised. And you know my favorite issue to talk about is father absence. Surprise, because it affected me. That's why I talk about it all the time, because it affected me. Family values, people. He has four kids, four different women, wasn't in the house raising one of them. He was out having sex with other women. Do you care about family values? That's pretty rough. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's pretty rough. And uh, just in case you're suspect of the the gentleman's politics, the young younger man's politics, here's something he uh, put up on the gram uh, recently. I say the gram because I'm hip, like 15 years ago. <laughs> okay, um, Boomer. Okay, Boomer. He says, I'm a male attracted to men, and I'm obsessed with the Florida bill. The... Uh, well, he explains, anyone who thinks children should be learning about sexuality before they can even do basic multiplication should be investigated by the police. Mm. So he's staunchly against that sort of sexualization of school children and teaching that garbage in schools. So that's the kind of guy he is. He seems to be a legit family values, keep the family intact, raise your kids activist. 
which I have enormous uh, sympathy for and enthusiasm for myself. Oh, yeah. It's uh, the most important thing in my life. And uh, if you were um, the product of a household where dad wasn't around and dad is now about to become a U.S. senator claiming family values, I could see how it would really make you angry. Yeah, like beyond yeah. angry, like like painfully resentful. I could see that. Yeah. Now yeah, I don't well, know. Who, I don't know who his opponent is. I don't know anything about the opponent because I'm not following the Georgia Senate race. Well, it's Raphael Warnock. Um, you know, who's got some issues of his own, but uh, and and the fact that they're neck and neck really speaks to how weak a candidate Warnock seems to be. Um, but. Or how easy it would be for a Republican to win in Georgia if you ran even a semi-decent candidate. Oh, yeah. If you had just a quietly efficient uh, undersecretary of garbage pickup who did a reasonably good job in the Atlanta suburbs, (laughs) he would win. He would win going away. The undersecretary of garbage pickup. Right. I mean, just somebody (laughs) who who exudes some, some sort of competence. Right. You know, look. You love uh, Trump, whatever. Maybe you're on Mitch McConnell's side. I don't, I don't care. The idea of Trump picking candidates is not working out great. It's just, it's too fraught. Too many issues involved. Well, a number of people, a number of pundits uh, who spend more time on this than I do, were making the argument <clears throat> because a lot of Trump candidates won the nomination. He I mean, he had a tremendous track record across the country. But uh, a number of pundits were making the point, well, that's not really can he pick the candidates who win the nomination. Is it can he pick candidates who win the nomination and then win the general? Mm-hmm. And that we'll, we'll, we'll find that out on Election Day. Right. And it could well be some of them will do very well. I'm not sure. saying he like picks uniformly bad candidates, not at all. But sometimes it's just whoever's willing to kiss his butt. That's a pretty that's a pretty rough one from the kid, though. For uh, Yeah, I and I, you know, maybe there are resentments uh, there. Well, there certainly are resentments there. Does that affect the way he sees it and describes it? I suppose that's possible. But I found that, uh, you know, powerful and undeniable. Yeah, so anyway. that's that story. Yeah. Oh, boy. God, t- t- to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory again in the Senate? Wow. Oy. Oy. Anyway, um, we'll, um, we'll be following that as, as we get closer to the election, I suppose. Came across a, a, uh, a written piece, some thinking about the gulf between people's online lives and their real lives. Uh, which is a topic we, you know, we hit on now and again, um, and and how, what it has, how how it is a factor in the whole transgenderism thing that I thought was amazingly insightful. So we'll we'll uh, touch on that during the next segment. And I think I can tie it into the death of Loretta Lynn. Um, ha- hello. Okay, I think I can tie it into the death of country music icon <laughs> Loretta Lynn. <laughs> I thought I'd gone momentarily insane there. No, apparently he said it. Yes, yeah. which they, they 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 probably did five to seven full minutes on the ABC Evening News last night on the death hmm. of Loretta Lynn. I'm sorry I missed that. She's really an amazing story. It is, yeah, on a lot of different levels. But anyway, yeah. uh, all that stuff on the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, uh, if you ever miss an hour of the show, you can find the podcast. Just look for Armstrong and Getty On Demand. In hour four today, we're going to talk to Chris Steyerwalt, who used to be with Fox, is now with The Dispatch. He's got a great book out. I don't have the title in front of me, but it's more or less about the polarization and the media's role in it and that sort of thing. The sort of thing we talk about every single day. So, really look forward to talking to him in hour four. Yeah, speaking of the the podcast, there's a, it's a slight tension 
um, behind the scenes because we do a live radio show on many fabulous radio stations, and then it becomes a podcast, and then we add the One More Thing podcast. But So people listening to all the hours on the podcast say, hey, why why'd you guys talk about this twice? Well, it's because we do a live radio show as well, and some stuff we, we do or we come across, we just really, really want as many people to hear as possible. So if you're listening to the podcast and we repeat something, that's why. Anyway, we talked about this at like at the end of hour four yesterday and wanted to come back to it today um, for the, the early risers, the coffee achievers, the early show listeners. Uh, a report came out that young adults in California are experiencing mental health challenges at astonishing rates. More than three quarters uh, reported anxiety in the last year. More than half reported depression. 31% experienced suicidal thinking. I mean, it's just shocking. It's and shocking some of this that that's is not more of a topic of conversation. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, I just uh, I can't even remember how I came across this story, but I haven't heard it reported much at all. Um, and and we think part of that, part of it, is probably the gulf between the curated, perfect projection of young people's lives that they put out and the reality of their lives. And or they have these online relationships, but not real life relationships. I thought that was semi-related to this uh, this think piece. I don't know what you'd call it uh, by uh, Brett McCracken, uh, who whose headline is "How Manti Teo's Fake Girlfriend Helps Explain Transgenderism," and I thought, "What?" But I read it and I was impressed. He he tells the story of uh, you remember Mon- Manti Teo, the the great Notre Dame uh, football hero, had a, a beautiful girlfriend who he hadn't met, and she died just as they were about to meet. Turned out he was being catfished. It was actually a dude who now identifies as a woman, um, but uh, claiming to be someone else online. And uh, he writes the connection clicked as I watched uh, the burly Samoan former high school football star, now dressed as a woman with fake nails and eyelashes, talk about how she started using the tools of the internet to create fake online personas who developed and maintained entire digital relationships. Uh, speaking of the woman she created that catfished uh, Manti, um, she described the fake persona as an expression of himself. It was a lot of how I really am. It was me with a different name tag, a different photo. But as far as everything else, it was 100% me. Only in a digital world like ours, where we increasingly live and interact in virtual spaces, can we make claims like this, that an online avatar constructed from images of a different person's body, yet with no relationship to our embodied reality, can be 100% me. It's unsurprising that his transgender journey began with identity experimentation online. And he points out, many young adults today have grown up in a world where they're mostly known by how they present themselves online. They take for granted that a certain distance between their real self and their online self is normal. In some ways, the many possibilities of a digital self have become more compelling than the boring old embodied self in all its limitations. Our digitally constructed selves, after all, are the ones that can accumulate vast global followings, rack up likes, and be cropped, airbrushed, and otherwise manipulated to hide flaws and blemishes. For adolescents, especially struggling through awkward bodily development, embracing a disembodied identity can feel like a reprieve. And unless you would like to jump in there, Jack, I will continue. I find this really fascinating, and I think it makes a heck of a lot of sense. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a stretch at all. It seems like this person has nailed it. 
Yeah, it's a really thoughtful piece. This is further amplified by the shift of young adult social relationships away from mostly proximate and embodied, meaning you're there physically together, talking over a cafeteria lunch table, going out to the movies together. It's gone from that to mostly distant and disembodied, texting or DMing from home rather than going out. For those who have lived their entire lives in the smartphone era, it's antiquated to think of identity as something significantly determined by biology or family, geographic location, or other physical realities. It's rather something of limitless, malleable potential, as fluid, ephemeral, and remixable as an Instagram story. So identity is creatable. We shouldn't be surprised, then, that digital natives are so much more likely to identify as trans than older adults. If, quote, my online identity can be different from my embodied identity is an unquestioned assumption of Gen Z, it's no big leap to then assume my gender identity can be different than my embodied identity. And if my embodied online identity, oh, that's they just repeat that in a different way. Uh, the plausibility structures of Internet avatar identity are the same as those of transgenderism. In both cases, who am I is a question defined in expressive individualistic terms and on the basis of psychological feeling rather than physical fact. The self is an idea that need not be connected to or confined by bodily realities. I think the generation that's roughly our age and a little younger who had established adolescent and uh, like you know years of our 20s before social media and smartphones hit can't understand the way the world looks to that next group that's younger those of you many of you are listening right now who have had that their whole lives it's just a, it's a completely different view of the world. If you've had social media and staring at a smartphone your whole life, you, you have, you've had a different life than I have. And yeah. I'm not sure it's easy for us to, for all of us to understand that. This is a pretty good description of it. So your whole life has been putting on um, uh, an act online about your life in and a way that didn't exist for us. Well, right. I mean, because I could try to pass myself off as the great athlete, you know, as a young man. But sooner or later, I had to step on the field. I mean, I had to create a physical reality that was um, uh, it, uh, congruent to the image I was trying to project. You know, I've known guys who walk around talking about what great guitar players they are, and then you put one in their hand, and, and you realize they're bull essers. Um, but... In an online world, you almost never have to do that. Well, and all human beings who wear many masks, you know, it goes back to Shakespeare and uh, I'm sure thousands of years before that, you know, we, we do put on a, a, a better version of ourselves or a different version of ourselves to the world. But that's not that that's a tiny degree compared to what you can do online where you can be mm -hmm. a completely different human being people that use different pictures it's not even them you know or it's it's you but it's so uh f face tuned with an app or whatever it's hardly you not to right. mention the content or the description of who you are yeah so you start to think of identity as entirely creatable yeah which is an interesting thought. You know, granted, every generation has their catchphrases and, and stuff, but I remember from my youth people frequently saying, be real or get real. You know, quit quit with your, you know, your BS, essentially, or your fantasy or whatever. Get real. Um, you don't hear that anymore. Yeah. And, and you can express that thought anyway. That's what I was trying to say. It doesn't have to be in that phrase because that's just the way teens talked at the time, but... 
Have you heard anybody saying, hey, let's let's get back to reality among the younger set? I don't know. Right. And so, like, of course, my young kid people had... don't talk to me that much. They walk away with a worried look on their face every time I try to engage them. Right. So my son had his school pictures taken the other day, and I had to fill out the forms and I had on there, do you want to do the, the, the tooth whitening and the face blemishing removal and all these different sorts of things? And I always check no on that stuff because I want to have a picture of what he looked like when he was a fifth grader. Um, and it's just an extension of that, isn't it? Yeah. To go further to, uh, to, you know, changes like you're talking about. Yeah, I remember when that first became an option, how astounded both of us were, because now you're not only looking for an idealized version of yourself to put out to the world, I mean, beyond anything that could have ever been done in the past, but you want an idealized version of your children. For what? So you can be proud that you have prettier children than you do? That's pretty freaking sick. Or Now, if the kid is really sensitive about their bad skin or something like that, that's if that's what's going on, I totally get that. I sympathize. But uh, I don't think most of it is that. Uh, yeah, I can I could understand why you'd have the impulse to do that, but it, it would be weird if I went back to look went back and looked at my school pictures from when I was a kid. But I know that's not what I actually looked like, so I don't know right. what's the point of looking at this picture. I mean, it's my just teeth weird. have never been that white for a single day of my <laughs> life, but they look great in that picture. I'm sorry, folks. I don't mean to sound judgmental, except that I'm judgmental. Uh, that's weird. <laughs> Uh, you can uh, you have a different opinion. You can text four one five two nine five KFTC. The United States hit, United States the United States hit a major milestone yesterday that we should at least tip our cap to, among other things, an hour two. Yeah, there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on around the world that we'll uh, touch on, including North Korea's latest provocations. Remember the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.